0: I want to start by telling you a secret. And I know this is going to sound bad, and I know people will say, you shouldn't talk about this. impressionable minds, but I love cigarettes. <laughs> All of us have, I should know, that. that's why. When I was younger, I didn't love cigarettes. My dad is a smoker, lifelong, and everything about it was disgusting to me. Our house always reeked, stained, yellow, just terrible. And I would yell at him and say, Because it was all mixed in there from ones I stole from my dad, ones I took from friends, and just the general growing up and trying to be bad. Um, So I don't remember my first cigarette, but I do remember my last one, because I've had a lot of them. (laughs) The first last cigarette I ever smoked was on the banks of the Seine in Paris. And I was with my high school, college sweetheart. In the city of love, the man I loved, smoking the cigarette I love most, the unfiltered Lucky Strike, which is only sold in Europe. <laughs> and we were sitting there looking into each other's eyes. We had just gotten back from putting one of those blocks on the bridges with our initials on it, indicating that we were going to be together forever, an unbroken block. Um, and we were talking about our future. We were six months away from graduating college. We were talking about the rig he would design, what he proposed, and the children he would raise, and how smoking didn't fit into that equation. It was a disgusting habit that reeked and smelled and would kill us eventually. So we made a promise to each other in that moment that this pack of Lucky Strikes would be our last, and we would share it and remember it as the most perfect cigarette, but our last ones. And we cut that promise to each other. We finished the cigarettes, um, we got on the plane, fresh breath, full hearts. And we flew back to college in Boston, where he promptly dumped me six months later. And I don't know if he started smoking again, but I did. I just did. I was like, you know what? This isn't youthful debauchery anymore. This is an addiction, and I'm here for it. I woke up every day, just drenched and anxiety, and the only cure was a cigarette. I needed them. With my black Americano and my light blue American spirits, I was happy to make it through the day. So over the course of the next five years, I became a smoker even though I could barely afford it. I drove across the country once, comparing prices of carton of cigarettes, and then went back and did it again. Um, I worked at the restaurants, and would sneak out for five minutes to smoke a cigarette, and then be scrubbing my hands when I got back in, praying that my customers didn't die my tip for smelling it on me. Um, I would be at the bar with friends, and me and all my friends smoked too. So we'd like flip across the way to each other, you know, and we'd meet outside no matter how much fun we were having. Cigarettes were a part of my life. The way I got through covered my anxiety, and I needed them. I was addicted. And I was only 23. It was wild. Um, But then, over time, my life kind of changed, and I realized it was impacting me for the worse. I saw it in my dad. He saw it in me. My grandma and my grandma both died of lung cancer, so I was like, oh, I gotta stop this. And I was up to move to Alaska, so I figured, new life, new me. I'll quit smoking. Except when I moved bar, so that was just unfair. <laughs> I was like, no way am I going to stop now. I can do my two favorite things that I love in one room, drinking and smoking. No more this.
1: But Alaska I a way of
0: bringing out of bars and into the woods. Everybody invited me out to go hiking, running, skiing. Oh, okay. I'm coming. I'm trying to keep up, trying to do anything I could to get out there and be with the people I wanted to be with in this place. But I was slow, I was out of shape, I was out of breath. And over time, I started doing that more and more, and I was running, and being active, learning to ski, and I found that that helped the anxiety. You know, I got to bed every night and I was tired. I didn't wake up in mo- the next morning feeling that existential dread that everything was gonna collapse at any moment that I often needed to alleviate with a cigarette. Instead, I woke up feeling excited and ready and more refreshed <laughs> I didn't need that cup of coffee. Well, I still need a cup of coffee. <laughs> I didn't need the cigarette with a cup of coffee in the morning. So I stopped doing that one. And then after work, I would just go straight for a SP with a friend. So I didn't need that cigarette in between there. And I found myself working towards not being a smoker anymore. And I was happy about it. And then I signed up for the Lost Lake Race here. And I said, okay, if I can make it through this race, I will smoke one last cigarette. And it will be a big celebration. I'll never smoke one again. I did the whole thing, it was awesome. And then I went out to the U-Call that night. I uh, was in the bar I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. And I went outside and I lit up the cigarette, and I'm standing there and I take two puffs, and this cute boy i at the race walked by and I had a cigarette behind my back. And we're talking for like 10 minutes, and the whole time the cigarette's getting closer and closer, burning my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I was this new person that liked, that found a way to alleviate that dread and anxiety in different ways. So I didn't need the cigarettes, and I didn't smoke them for two years. I was out of the woods. And then my mom died, and I smoked 15 in four hours. one day, we might need to races too and fall back on them. So I try not to beat myself up about it, and I try not to be too sad about it when I'm like, Ooh, gosh, I really want a cigarette. I just have to say no. And to